Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Today I want to talk about a tale of two carriers, T-Mobile burns past Sprint. And the reason I want to bring this up is mostly because of the network issues. I'm very interested in what the network's doing. Now you have a race for number three and number four. We all know now that T-Mobile has securely reached number three. They passed Sprint. Sprint is doing everything they can to try to maintain, but they're not doing anything to move ahead. And that's just the way I see it. So we all know T-Mobile's number three. They're going to probably be there for quite a while. They're not going to change. In fact, I think they're going to try to make a push for number two. And it just seems like T-Mobile, solid number three. Sprint, solid number four. <laughs> Who thought that day would come, right? But look at T-Mobile. Not only are they number three, but like I said, they're going to make that push. They're going to do everything they can to get to the number two position. At least that's what I see. I'm outside looking in, you know, but they sure appear to be making an effort to improve the network to the point where people have very little to complain about and to the point where they can sunset their uh, 3G network, which is awesome. That's what you want to do to save money, right? But first, I want to thank my sponsors. I have Tower Tracker Pro. Tower Tracker Pro for your closeout packages. They're made easy. It reduces and eliminates the site returns because you want to get it right the first time. What it is, it's a software as a service for closeout packages. So it will walk you through step by step. So the people on site will have everything ready and they can upload it and send it back to the office to be audited and checked and make sure the pictures are correct the first time before the tower crew leaves the site. That's a value add. Get it right the first time. But next I would like to thank Tower Safety and Instruction. TowerSafety.com. Tower Safety provides instructional training for your tower climbers, for your tower crew, for your foreman, your safety, your OSHA 10, and also drone training for tower work when they partnered with unmanned aerial experts, which is pretty awesome. I'd also like to throw out a shout out to the Hubble Foundation, H-U-B-B-L-E Foundation.org, for all they do for the fallen tower climbers, the hurt tower climbers, and their families. They do everything they can to support the families through that horrible time. I'd also like to thank the Tower Family Foundation, TowerFamilyFoundation.org for all that they do for the families of the fallen climbers. They also are in need of donations. TowerFamilyFoundation.org. And I also want to make you very aware that I have the Wireless Deployment Handbook for Small Cell, CRAN, and DAS. It shows you wireless deployment end-to-end on a carrier-grade deployment. I also have Scope of Work Tutorial which is for you workers out there, you contractors that have to build a scope of work for your customer. Remember, your customer is going to give you a scope of work. It's good if you refine it and know the nuances so you get paid for the work you do. And if you don't get paid, at least you can take them to court, right? Or it's small claims court, whatever. But that's the whole idea of the scope of work. It will be attached to the legal agreement. I also have Tower Climbers Logbook for people that do tower work. It's basically for tower workers so they log what they do, which you should do anyway. Let's move on. I want to talk about the tale of two carriers, T-Mobile and Sprint. So let's start with Sprint because they're number four. We will work our way up. Sprint cried wolf just one too many times, didn't they? What do I mean by that? Well, remember the NGN network, the next generation network that Sprint put out and had everyone bid on? And where'd that go? Pretty much nowhere, right? They were going to build out the new LTE system, improve the backbone, change towers, all that didn't happen. Then they had the densification project. Where'd that go? Yeah, pretty much nowhere. They really didn't do anything like that. 
So they cried wolf. They got us all excited. Remember the 70,000 small cell rollout? Where'd that go? I think they rolled out a few hundred, right? Now, what they are doing, they are putting up cells at the uh, Huawei sites, which are the clear wire sites that they are replacing. So I will give them credit for that. They are actually rolling out there. So they're doing what they have to do, not what they want to do. They're not doing what they need to do to build for the future. They're in a reactive mode. That's the reality of it. They're working with Mobility, who was supposed to get them cheap sites and right-of-way areas, right-of-way because Mobility in a lot of regions is a CLEC, competitive local exchange carrier. So they're looking for row sites, right-of-way, row, R-O-W. And they were supposed to get in where nobody else could get cheap sites because they're a CLEC and provide access for Sprint. And how's that going? I'd bet SoftBank's a little disappointed because that was really SoftBank's model over in Japan. They just started dropping sites everywhere. But apparently the regulatory process in Japan is a little more lenient than it is here in the States. Here in the States, I told you this a hundred times, there's like thousands, tens of thousands of municipalities, cities, townships, and each one has their own ordinances for the area. Now, supposedly, the FCC is making this easier to do. But let's face it, the townships and municipalities, they still have the final say. And all they want, they want a nice, clean site, a good-looking site, and a quiet site. Sound matters. So that's what they're looking for. And from the pictures I've seen, Mobility didn't do a lot of that. Now, I'm not saying they can't do it or they're not capable. They just haven't been doing it so far. But, you know, they have all the parts in place. I don't know what's going on at Mobility. It, it just doesn't seem like the big rollout that we all thought, right? It's very disappointing. Once again, Sprint, they come out with these big audacious plans and they just seem to fizzle into nothing. Literally nothing, especially if you bid on it. It's hard to take them seriously anymore. But they'll have another bid and they'll have another uh, RFP out and we'll all bid on it. So I'll give Sprint credit for creativity. They still seem to be determined to do things that are game changers in the industry. Like for instance, get out of the large tower company leases. I mean, that was really the whole thing with the densification. It really wasn't about putting, well, it was about putting the signal closer to the user, but it was more about getting out of those expensive leases. And, I, and Marcelo Clore, I'm not saying it was, it might've been John Saul who works over there at Sprint, the director, might've been his uh, idea to actually get off the towers and save the money. But I gotta tell you, the tower companies, they have ironclad leases. It's very hard to get out of there. Very hard to get out of those leases. And I'll give you three reasons why. One, they normally sign at least a, you know, a 10-year lease, which is ironclad. You can either get out of it or pay the remaining amount on the lease. Two, they bought all the carrier's towers. <laughs> the carriers had towers. The carriers sold them to the big boys for that quick buck, probably to pay for the auctions for the spectrum, you know? So that was number two. Three, where else will the carriers go? And this I can break down for you. For one, between American Tower, Crown Castle, and SBC, they probably own, now I'm guessing here, but I, at least 80, 90% of the sites, at least here in the US, where are you going to go? There's so many ordinance municipalities are actually helping these tower companies because they won't allow new towers to be built in a lot of areas. If you can't build a new tower, I mean, really, what are you going to do? And I see it all the time. Like I read inside towers, municipalities, townships, they fight new towers all the time. Even if they're for public safety, they don't seem to care. They fight it, they fight it, they fight it. And the carriers are the only ones with deep pockets to fight it. I don't exactly see American Tower out there fighting it. They let the carriers build it, then they'll buy it off of them. But at least that's what I see. I'm not saying it's that way all the time. Now, trust me, Crown Castle, American Tower, and SBC, they all probably have huge legal departments where they have to fight those battles too. They just aren't going to go on a grand scale and try to push it out there if they don't have to. 
whereas the carriers usually put something in based out of need. I know I'm getting off point because let's talk about Sprint. I don't mean to digress. Apologies. So let's talk about Sprint. For one, when I look at Sprint, I just see a company, it's like they're running with scissors. They run and they fall down a lot. It's like they have this this car. I'm bringing up every analogy I can think of here. Bear with me. They have a car. They rev the engine. It looks hot. It looks hot. They put it in gear at the, at the starting line and it stalls. It just goes nowhere. And that's why I'm saying they cry wolf because they had all these big audacious plans, or at least they made us believe that. And, and really, what'd they do? Nothing. Let's say they did very little. I won't say they did nothing. I'll say they did very little. And it's probably because Sprint has real problems. I have a link in my blog at Wade4Wireless, W-A-D-E, the number 4Wireless.com, that talks about how Sprint is so debt-ridden. They have such heavy, heavy debt. I mean, like $4 billion for 2016 is what it looks like. $4 billion with a B. That's phenomenal. And yet, somehow between SoftBank and Marcelo Clore, they did it. They're getting by it. They're paying it. They just aren't putting any money into the network. And and I get the feeling in this industry, if you don't improve your network every year, you fall behind. But let's face it. They're going to be on CDMA for quite a while longer. <laughs> I don't see them making a big push to go LTE only. And they appear to be in decline, mainly because they're not moving ahead. They haven't deployed nearly half the... Spe- well, I wouldn't, sh- I wouldn't say that. They seem to have a lot of 2.5 gigahertz spectrum, and they don't seem to be in any hurry to deploy all of it. It's They're taking their good old time. They aren't doing any major network push. They're only spending money where they absolutely positively have to in a reactive mode, which is fine. Maybe that's what they have to do. I mean, I will give them credit. They didn't declare bankruptcy, and I hope they never do. They, they didn't go under. They're paying their debt. They came up with these creative ways to finance different things. But these limitations are holding them back. So the money they're not investing, them to, investing today is really going to hurt them in the future. Now, I think it's great that they're trying to get off these expensive towers and go to cheaper ones. That's great. That takes an investment. They have to do something up front and deploy. They can't just sit there with their thumbs up their butts waiting to do something, waiting for something to happen. They have to do it. They have to make it happen. And unfortunately, in this business, it costs money. The other thing I see is they're in no hurry to get off their CDMA network, their 3G network. The reason I bring that up is because that's going to get more and more expensive to maintain and to roll out. As far as I know, they don't have Volte live yet. Volte, voice over LTE. Without that going live, that's going to set them back because all the other carriers, at least the major ones, I'm talking about Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, they have Volte live and working. So they probably can actually set a date when they can sunset their 3G system, which I would imagine would be around 2020, right? It, It literally will take them four years to get everyone off of it. But for all this time that Sprint is delaying, I don't know how Sprint's going to move ahead with that. Maybe by then all the phone, all the phones, all the devices, the user, the UE equipment, the user entity, maybe user equipment, maybe all that will actually have Volte in it and they can just do a switch rather quickly. Maybe that's what they're banking on. They're banking on everyone else to make the move so they can too. But man, to maintain that CDMA gear through 2020 when it's all end of life, it's going to be tough. They're going to be paying Ericsson, Samsung, Nokia, formerly ALU, Alcatel-Lucent, they're going to be paying a lot of money to maintain something that, that really is, what would you say, dated. But maybe someone will make money off that. So that's enough about Sprint. Let's talk about T-Mobile. T-Mobile, man, I am impressed with T-Mobile. I got to tell you, they're moving ahead. 
I would say they're not only past number three, they not only passed Sprint, they got their eyes on AT&T on number two. And I really think they have what it takes to get as close, if not past them, if possible. Now, don't get me wrong. They have a lot of work to do, and it's an uphill battle. But look how far they've come already. They have the momentum. They have the marketing machine. That Laguerre is just amazing in marketing. You know, he's incredible. But he puts his money where his mouth is. The network is really coming up to speed. The LTE network, they're just booming with it. They're, they're really improving it in all the urban areas. Now, suburban, I think they're improving it as well. The rural areas, they just don't care about. It's not where their focus is, you know? So let's look at it this way. They got a great marketing machine and they have a great network. You know, if they could tap dance, they'd be a triple threat because we all want to be a triple threat, right? Maybe Laguerre can dance, but maybe he's waiting for the right time. Like when they pass AT&T to become number two. Maybe that's what the guy's waiting for before he shows his uh, dancing skills. Because we've already seen his singing skills that he had for the Christmas thing. And, you know, he does these videos all the time. Quite a talented guy there. I mean, I became a fan of Laguerre. And, you know, in the beginning, everyone thought he was just, uh, you know, trying to attract attention to T-Mobile. Well, it worked. I guess that's his job. I guess that's marketing. Okay, so their network is incredible. They do a lot of crazy things like binge on, which whether you like it or hate it, boy, it brings a lot of attention to them. And it also shows them that they're willing to give a lot of data away, which makes people happy. They kick the LTE deployment into high gear and they pushed out great performing LTE to the public, to the customers. It's a real network. It's impressive. They didn't just upgrade their home city. You know, they didn't just say, you know, here, we're great here. They just hit as many urban areas as they could, and they continue to make the push. It's really impressive. I mean, if you look at the latest statistics, they're on par with Verizon for network performance. How cool is that? Now, I don't know how their coverage is. I guess in the cities, in the urban areas, it's really, really well. But I don't know how it's going to be once you get away from those areas. But let's not forget the other things they did. Wi-Fi voice, they're the first ones I remember doing it. It was quite impressive. In fact, they were so early, the FCC had to look into it, remember? Now everybody's doing it. They also knew they had a problem in a lot of people's homes with coverage. So what'd they do? They handed out those femto cells where they improved Wi-Fi and coverage in the home. I mean, really innovative. I got to give them a lot of credit, man. They're doing a lot of amazing things. I don't know how debt-ridden they are, but boy, they sure seem to be making a push and doing the right things. It's really impressive. And they don't seem to be in a hurry to cover the rural areas, but maybe they don't see the payback. Maybe they don't see the point in doing it. So T-Mobile, they came from number four to three, which is really impressive. So riddle me this. If T-Mobile can come from number four with such a push that they can become number three, why can't they become number two? This is a perfect time to do it because AT&T seems more worried about DirecTV. That, that just seems where their focus is, not the network. It doesn't even seem to be on the wireless system. I mean, am I right? Is anybody going to argue that point? I mean, they're, they're making such a push that Verizon's looking over their shoulder and AT&T's busy watching TV because of the DirecTV merger. Maybe T-Mobile can push ahead quickly and impressively. Maybe they can do it. Maybe this is what they need to really make a difference. Maybe T-Mobile wants to sunset the 3G network quickly. Maybe they want Volte to be the voice of choice. Maybe they want, or they want data to rule. They just want to say to everyone, hey, data is what you really want. Come get it. And they also know on the network side, their engineers know that it takes a lot more money to maintain and grow a legacy network. So they're not going to do it. They're going to do the LTE. They're going to put all every penny into the new network and boom. 
They won't deploy 3G anymore. Why should they? What a waste of time and money. 3G vendors will capitalize on people that are maintaining older products, and it doesn't appear that that's going to be T-Mobile. They're moving ahead. They're done with it. They're ready to make the change now. So what do you think? I mean, do you think T-Mobile is really going to make this difference? You can let me know, wadeforwireless.com. Leave a comment or email me at wadeforwireless at gmail.com. But let's sum it up here real quick. I actually thought Sprint was going to build the NGN network. It isn't like I'm down on Sprint for any other reason than the facts, okay? T-Mobile has a lot of the facts in their favor. They're growing the network. They have more users. They really seem to be impressive in LTE coverage. That's what I'm looking at. It's not like I favor one over the other because I'm a fan of Sprint and I sure don't want Sprint to go into bankruptcy. I mean, I sure as hell want Sprint to survive. I mean, if they don't, if they go into bankruptcy, who knows what'll happen. That won't be good for the wireless industry in general, the way I see it, at least not from my vantage point. But with T-Mobile, timing's great. AT&T's distracted. They're watching TV. T-Mobile can make the push. Maybe they can get into number two. Maybe give Verizon something to worry about. So I say good luck to T-Mobile, but also good luck with Sprint. Both those guys, they deserve all the luck they can get. I think Marcelo Clore is doing everything he can to deal with the problems that Sprint has. I think that Laguerre, is definitely in the driver's seat at T-Mobile and doing a great job. I mean, I give that guy a lot of credit. I think it's really impressive how far they've got and what they're doing. All right, that's it for this week. Just wanted to give you a little carrier update. Be smart, be safe, pay attention, everybody. See ya. Mm -hmm.